Hi. <laughs> Bridget is feeling herself with her headphones on. I am back and I am in a cool setup with the headphones on in a podcast studio. Woo, fancy. Also, how did you get started in improv? I'm curious. Um, so I always had an interest um, in comedy. Like, I always just loved watching comedy movies as a kid and stand-up comedy in high school and stuff and um like was a big SNL girl like back in the days of like Tina Fey, Kristen Wiig, Amy Poehler like kind of it was kind of like the girl power SNL time frame I feel like because yeah. it was like a lot of the ladies were kind of the top cast um and so I just really loved watching them and like anything else they put out besides being on SNL like any of their movies and stuff like Baby Mama is kind of like a it's kind of like a, not everyone knows it when I say it, but it's kind of like a sleeper agent movie. So fantastic, <laughs> Baby Mama. Like, such a great movie. Such a good one. I had it on DVD. I would literally watch it constantly, like, when I was in middle and high school. And I could, like, quote it. I haven't seen it in a while now, so it's a little rusty, but I would, like, quote it all the time. Mean Girls. So I was really, I always loved that. And then, um... I never really thought about it as a thing. Like, it's interesting to talk to other people that, like, oh, I did improv in high school. And I was like, your high school had that? Like, that's so wild. My high school barely had a drama department. Like, they barely did anything. So it was kind of like arts were not super important. Um, it was sports, everything. So I did mostly sports growing up. But then in college, I remember I went to Kansas State, and their improv group is called KISS. Um, and I, yeah, <laughs> in case anyone wonders what a sound of a kiss is like, thank you to Bridget, <laughs> our new ASM artist that's joining us today. Hey guys, <laughs> I really hope this picks up across on Spotify. I would love to be able to hear me. If anyone's looking for an ASM artist, reach out to Bridget. Please let me know. Um, I can't remember what Instagram she's using right now, so follow her on whichever one. It's Bridget Improv. <laughs> Bridget Improv, okay. Only check it once a week. Once a week, so if you need her, she'll get back to you in a week. Um, but no, I uh, remember like a friend of mine in my like English class or something was like, oh, I'm going to go see them or whatever, and I went and saw them do improv at KSU, and I was like, oh, this is like so fun. Um... But I was, like, working full-time through college, and I didn't live on campus. So I kind of used that as an excuse to, like, not venture out and try it. Like, I was like, oh, I've got all this other stuff going on, which was true, but I could have made time. But it was just, like, that version of me. I was like, I'm not a theater person. Like, I'm not a performer. I'm, you know, sports girl, or I'm, you know, not somebody that does that. Yeah. Um, and so I left it alone after that. Like, graduated college. And then, actually, um, my best friend, her boss, um, was one of the founding members of the Village Theater, actually. Oh. Um, it just so happened to, coincidentally, they worked together, and um, I, like, met him a couple times, and he was talk about it all the time. And I was like, oh, I should do improv, I should do improv, and then um, never signed up, didn't pull a trigger, dilly-dallied, like, just too into work, and then... It was, like, right before COVID, I was, like, I need to get a life. (laughs) I was, like, I need to get a hobby. I need to do something. Like, I've thought about improv a lot. And um, I signed up for a class at Dad's Garage, actually. Um, 
and I don't know why I didn't sign up at the village, but I don't know. <laughs> I just signed up for a class at Dad's Garage, and that was on, like, the first class, I think, was, like, February 25th, 2020. So it was literally, like, days before COVID hit the world. Oh, that's So funny. I had one class in this, like, church basement. We had our class. And then literally by the next week, they emailed us and said, like, hey, we're going to, like, skip this class. We didn't know at the time. And then eventually the email was like, hey, like, we'll host virtual class if you want to be a part of that. Um, shout out to all my Zoom proppers. Love that for you. But personally, I wasn't going to take a level one improv class on Zoom. Um, so I just, you know, let my class fee be a donation to the theater. You're welcome, Dad's Garage. And just didn't do it. So then, obviously, it was COVID. We're on lockdown. Um, I ended up quitting the job, my job without having another job, and then was unemployed for eight months um, while looking for the next thing, which is what I'm in currently. And so it was a lot of weird identity crisis moments, like a lot of growth. I'm really grateful for it, but it was a tough time. Um, so I was really not, like, branching out. Like, I was kind of like, I've got this going on. Uh, but then once I got my new job and things sort of settled there, um, it was like winter of 2021 that I was just trying to like take myself out on a nice like a fun night like I was like oh I'll go and maybe see an improv show and grab a bite to eat or whatever and I ended up going to an improv jam I didn't know what that was <laughs> um, but it was back in the day when the Wednesday night improv was at Roll Call Theater and um, we had moved to Inman Park so it was super close by so I was like, oh, I'll go see this improv show. And then I showed up, and Brett was like, oh, do it with us. <laughs> and I was like, I took one day of one class. Like, I'm not going to do that. Um, but then at the time, it was 10 people, <laughs> 12 people that showed up to the jam. So it was like a very small crowd. And everyone else, I think, that was there was going to play. So I didn't. That's one way to get me is through that peer pressure. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to be the only one doing anything. Um, so they were like, play, 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 and I did it, and um, now you're here. And yeah, and then from there, I just kind of kept coming back. It was kind of like right before Christmas that I went, so I think I had taken a break for a little bit. So I went to that one, and then, um, yeah, I just kind of got the bug from there, and then I signed up to take a level one class at the Village Theater, finally, um, <laughs> after that, and then, yeah, from there, I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> yeah, I've been addicted to it. It's doing the only hobby thing. I have. <laughs> I was trying to get more hobbies, and I just found one that I'm really into. You volleyball. <laughs> I, do have, yeah, I do have a volleyball game after this, so. Oh, really? It's pretty yeah. cool. Day. I know. Yeah, three things? I know. That's a lot. I know. Three things in a day. But I haven't done anything else this week, so I'm kind of stacking it all. Yeah. <laughs> Thursday's, Thursday's go day. Thursday's, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Thanks, Bridge. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. I'll try it. <laughs> Just tell me to shut up. No, I don't want you to. I love the chimes. Every chime you've chimed has been worth I'm it. I'm theoretically just the commercials here, but for your life. I love that. I wish you could follow me around. Yeah. Be like, oh, you felt lazy today, but did a lazy person wear yellow socks? No, they couldn't wear yellow socks like you do. That would be one of my commercials. I love that, yeah. Was improv 
fun for you immediately or did you go through a period of like maybe I don't like this very much um you know it was fun for me immediately I I feel like a lot of people talk about too like they're still nervous when they go and do it and honestly I don't think I ever I think the first time I did it, I was a little bit nervous and then after that I've not been nervous at all and I don't know maybe I need to talk to my therapist about that but <laughs> for me it well and also like now when people start if they start at a jam like the Wednesday night improv jam there's like 70 people there I was doing it when I first started in front of like 12 people that like it's like okay who cares you know what I mean like yeah. this isn't gonna even who cares? but like to go up in front of 70 people now like I really commend new people that like come in and start at a jam now because I'm like that is a lot of people um the only time I'd say like Honestly, like my level one class, it was really great. And I love the teacher and the instructor, um, Jenny Holden from the Village Theater. She was wonderful. Um, and, I, and I liked my classmates, but it was something there with like the structure of that. And I feel like I love that everybody like who takes a level one class a lot of times sort of does improv. Like I love it. It's people from all backgrounds and they're there for all kinds of different reasons. Um, but I felt like when I got into level one, I had done jams enough where I was kind of like ahead in a sense of like comfortability. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean it as a judgment against all of the people were beautiful people and they were doing a really vulnerable thing, like taking improv and doing it for the first time. Yeah. Um, but there were some times where I was there and I was like, kind of felt like it was a little bit of a slog to get through the class just because it's like, I'm like, like let's go out there and like, let's play. And other folks were kind of like working through those still like initial like hesitations. Yeah. Um, and again, like good for them. I'm glad that they were doing that. Um, but that was the only time where I was just kind of like, ooh, this isn't that fun. Um, but, you know, that's the thing of being in a class and that's the thing of improv is that it's a team sport. So it's like, even though I'm not having that much fun that day, this other person in the class maybe is having like a breakthrough that's going to help them be a better improviser or like, is going to help them be a better person or better in their career or whatever the reason is that they're they're taking the class so it's like even though i wasn't having fun in those days it's like who am i to take away someone else's i don't want to take away someone else's journey don't yuck yeah. someone's yum you don't want to yuck their yum you know so even though my yum wasn't maybe like that yummy that yummy that day. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that yummy that day like good for them I'm, I'm i'm happy with them being on that journey and stuff like that so um I think, for the most part, though, I've always had a blast doing improv. I mean, and I think we've all had, like, a jam set that we're kind of like, ooh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really a fight. That was a fight to get through that one. <laughs> I didn't feel like I did the best, or I didn't feel that supported in that, or whatever it might be. Um, but still, at the end of the day, like, it was fun. Like, yeah. even if it was awkward or weird or someone said something totally out of left field and wild like it was so fun yeah you're exercising a part of your brain you don't use when you do right. improv whether it's the best prov you've ever done i yeah. hate that i said prov whether <laughs> it's the best thing you're putting out there or I mean, it's you yeah. know it's something you're like i want to forget i did that yeah, yeah you're you people don't exercise that part of their brain on on a daily basis so oh, it's sure. truly like a joy to be able to unlock it especially to unlock that part of your brain and have fun doing it with people that you love yeah. and connect with i mean that's why 
Bridget is like one of my favorite people to watch because she doesn't like not follow her foot. Like Bridget goes, and that's what I love. It's like she's gonna she's she's gonna start the scene. She's gonna start the scene. Like if she's gonna tap somebody, she just goes. And I love that energy because I feel like in myself sometimes that hesitation shows up, and then it's like, oh, I was picking up on their game, and I could have come in and like enhance like that, but I didn't. I hesitated that I wasn't sure that I was picking up on their game. Yeah. So it's like go in, and if I was wrong about the game, we'll find the next thing instead of like waiting. And then now something that maybe was funny is missed. Like kind of taking a risk. And then yeah. it's like the reward if you were right when if you get like going in and you're right with something is huge. And honestly, the risk is built up in our head. It's not that great. Like if you go in and that was the wrong, like we'll just go to the next thing. That's improv. You just go off of that. Sydney, I have to actually like commend your ability to find a game though, because like <laughs> I know, like I'm not kidding. Like two of the most memorable, I think games I've like. It's a clear example of a game was. Um, a show uh, where you were taking out audience chairs and putting them on stage as if you were setting up for some event and you're just making it as if it was a normal scene until the entire stage was filled with like, you know, like eight or nine like audience chairs or just, you know, chairs that were originally in a different space. And each time you did it, dead like you know you held your deadpan character and i was just like wetting my pants the other one there was another one where like someone had turned their back to you and then you couldn't walk the new way of walking was you walking with your back like you're walking forward with your you're walking backwards yeah, that, that one yeah, yeah, yeah. that was so i think <laughs> your ability to find a game yeah. is something that i truly truly like recognize in you because that's not something i'm very good at so well, like yeah it comes from my sports <laughs> oh my gosh to play a game um no i mean that's what i feel like is well i feel like everybody probably has like the thing in improv that is like oh, i love doing that like i'm sure some people are like i love putting on a character like i love being able to go out and be a wacky character or like be someone who's not me or i love to like go out and have these super physical things and like object work and like miming and all that stuff like I love doing that those things for me are like uh you know I'll make a character choice every now and then more often than not probably I'm putting myself in a scene but I love the game piece of it and like the bits that come from that and like I feel like that connection with another person is so like energizing too like knowing that like they put they do something and then going out and saying, you know, leveling that up, and then someone also picking that up behind you and leveling it up again, and being like, oh, like, we're all getting this. On like, the same that page. feeling is yeah. so satisfying. Yeah. And so I feel like I always am trying to make a game. <laughs> like, find a game, make a game out of something and see. You're a yeah. game maker. Game maker, yeah. <laughs> so remember that in the apocalypse. Don't put me in the Hunger Games, please. I'll design it. Which, actually, no, I won't. That's pretty bad. It'll be a good either. Hunger Games. It'll yeah, be a it full, be, yeah, no full game. Yes, yeah. Full. No one is hungry. Everyone is full. Yeah. Because Sydney's a good person. Yeah, thank you. Don't cancel me. <laughs> That's the best way for, to stop from getting canceled, is to just tell people, please don't, don't cancel me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If you tell them don't, they were like they're like they have all their torches and torches are like don't cancel me. And they're like, oh man. If only Frankenstein. Like, yeah, we shouldn't do that. If only Frankenstein knew, knew to say that. Let's just leave. Yeah. 
<laughs> so it's something that like you're working on right now or something that you want to be better at that is just currently something you're not comfortable doing in improv? That's a good question. Um, I feel like it probably is a little bit of that like character piece, that physicality piece. Like I, you know, never did theater or anything growing up, but like people always told me I was like in school and stuff, like I in high school, here I'm ready to brag on your podcast, can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> in high school, the superlative I one was most likely to be seen on Comedy Central. It's wow. It's AKA Class Clown, but they thought that wasn't PC anymore, so they were like, we get positive. Because <laughs> um, I was always goofing and always being a jokester and stuff, so I do feel like I kind of just lean on, like, I'm just kind of myself and a scene and like my humor as an individual is a lot of that like commenting on what people say or like enhancing like if someone says something could be like elevating the bit um but I really am always so impressed by people that come out there with like character and like character that's not just like a trait like an accent or a physicality but like a character and like in their brain it's like this is why they're this way and this is what they want out of this scenario and like a full backstory like they know like oh they're from this town like it feels like they come out with like a whole description of this character and their motivations and all that and so I feel like that is always so impressive to watch I would like to like enhance my skills in that regard and I feel like it's a comfortability thing, a vulnerability, like fear thing. Like I feel like I'm not an actress. Like a lot of people that we do it with are trying to do it for real or like have been trained as actors and actresses and I'm like that is not me. Like I'm an operations manager. <laughs> like, you know, I'm just me. Um but I feel like it's just like a fear of like being open to exploring that and like those different things that keeps me from doing that. Like my thing my comfort thing and it's tough because I do feel like I do it well is like finding that game like coming in as myself and enhancing on a thing so I don't feel like coming in as a character because I'm like hesitant to do it and then I'm like oh I know what will land so I kind of lean heavily on what I've already done you know versus like let me try something new so yeah I want to like Probably what I need to do is like take another class. I have had a break from class for a minute, um, so I can kind of explore that in the right kind of setting. Cause I love a jam, but it's hard to be like, okay, well, let me bring out a character, and then you're tough. You know, I can't really test. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. harder to test that sort of thing. I feel like because it's like the chaos of it all. Yeah, and you feel rushed, mm -hmm. and it's hard to try something new, especially a character where it's like a slow burn a little bit sometimes, right, right. to try that when like the scenes are already kind of getting cut so short that I'm like, I feel like somebody's going to cut me off. You know what right. I mean? Right, so I'm like, I'm just going to go in with something that I am comfortable with, Yeah. that I can pick back up pretty easily again, because it's so quick, the pace, like you know, an accent, like, I, I try to be, like, I always go to this, like, hey, New Yorker guy, like, that's always how I go to, because it's, like, so easy for me to default to that, but, like, I'm, like, it'd be funny to do a British accent for this character, or, like, a French accent, or whatever, but then I always lose it, like, if I get tapped out, and I have to come back against the same character, I'm, like, I don't know, <laughs> what accent was I doing, like, let's practice, do a British accent now, and then we'll tell you to stop, and then we'll tap you in, bring you up, yeah, give me something to say in a British um, accent, that you're wearing those pants backwards. 
He wearing those pants backwards. That was good. And keep going. And keep going. <laughs> All right, yeah, let's just, we're talking here. We're talking and I'm talking with the British accent. I feel like I've lost, it's a different It's kind of Australian now. It's a Australian. So it's hard to maintain that. <laughs> Yeah. And maybe it's like I shouldn't. Maybe I need to wait on accents. Maybe I should just try and have characters with motivations and traits and backstories. You could do that transatlantic, like you know. Yeah, I would really lose. All I can do is this New Yorker guy, and sometimes I'm like a royal monarch, and I come in like, hey, (laughs) which is funny, but it's also like I I kind of want to do justice to the offer that someone gave me, you know, like put me in a certain status, and sometimes that comes with an accent or whatever, but yeah, I think that is kind of my biggest thing, is like leaning into, um, yeah, the acting of it all, like, I feel like I'm funny, and I've got comment, like I'm a comedian. You're not funny, you're hysterical. I've been working on using that word, my roommate will describe me, like if we, if she's introducing me to someone new, or she's meeting someone new and talking about me, she's like, oh, she's a comedian, and at first I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> That's so weird. Why would you say that? Like, I'm just with operations manager, or I'm just me. I'm not a comedian. But, I, you know, I've been leaning into it more. I'm like, actually, like, I've invested a lot of time into doing improv comedy. And so, like, why am I not a comedian? Like, what makes me not be qualified to be a comedian? I was yeah. sitting with that, and I was like, there's not really anything that makes me unqualified. You could also spin it, though, and say you're an improv actor. Yeah, yeah, that's what I need to just in my mind. Yeah, because just do, talking yeah. about the acting, you are you are acting like I, you're yeah. and you're acting a fool. <laughs> no, 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 no. I feel no. like actors no. do say that though. No. Like, don't say that. This is an improv podcast. Yes, and only. yes, and <laughs> that's the name of the podcast. In case you didn't read the little, I don't know, the trademark. No, is yeah, there? Trademark. Do you have a Do you have a trademark? Trademark. A logo. A logo. Indeed. Just the cover image. It was I made it on Canva. It's beautiful. I really I like the green couch. <laughs> I, love I want a yeah. Okay, Sydney's the queen of Canva. I just have Canva Pro for my job. Canva oh, game maker. Don't let them listen to this. And I've been using it for personal reasons. You didn't no. have to flex like that. <laughs> Sorry, Canva Pro. Sorry. Bridget um, brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> I will. But yeah, no, like, I know actors that are full-time, or like, okay, not full-time, they act. Yeah. They've acted in things, they've been right. in short films, feature films, yeah. whatever, and they still struggle to call themselves actors because they're not full-time and they don't, like, yeah. make a living off of it, and I'm like, you're technically still an actor, like, you're very right. much still an actor, and, like, you've told so many jokes and made so many people laugh, which is really, like... Well, yeah, I mean, I'm like, there's been posters of things with my face on it that are like, come watch it. Like, I feel like... That is like a comedian. You know what I mean? Like, come watch me do comedy, like, and posting it on social media, like, all of that. I feel like it's like, I've been on a stage in front of people that I don't know and you, done comedy. You could say you're a comedian. You could also say you're an actor. And you're saying you're an operations manager, but you're also Sydney. Quadruple threat. I know. It's like all those things. It's funny. I They're not my actual identity. They all are part of my identity. It's kind of funny. Say that. I'm not one thing. Turns out humans are so complex. I know. Shocking so multifaceted. Yeah. The other thing I learned in my unemployment, I'm not just an employee. Actually, I'm a human being <laughs> with thoughts and feelings and desires. Yeah. Crazy. Whoa. Whoa. That was like the one Whoa. thing you weren't. 
at that time. Yeah. An employee, you know what I mean? Which right? is like, Cause, uh, yeah, that's very true. That's like you were so many other things. So that it's like interesting to think that like you consider that a part of your identity, but really it can be gone and you're still like second. the same person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was still, you know, deep down who I was. I yeah. was the depressed version of that, but I was still who I was. Some, you know? yeah. Sometimes when you're stuck, like honestly, when I was, when I did my first podcast with Riley, was this in May? Or this was the so. beginning of May, maybe end of April? I felt like a little stuck human being and mm-hmm. I was just like so much was hitting the fan all at once. There's a lot of change going on and there was just it didn't feel like there was like time to really breathe and be grounded to like find like you're just going with the motions of things like, yeah, it seemed like I was busy, but I was just going from one thing to the next, almost floating, not being fully right. present. Whereas now, fast forward, I'm like, oh do I want to get a dog? Yeah, I want to get a dog. Let's test it out. So it's like there's time to breathe and you actually like are able to reconnect with yourself. And it's like a beautiful thing when you are able to come back to that person. So for sure. And it's a good reminder that like things fucking move on and like if things suck in three months, they might suck less. Yeah. And that's really exciting. No, for sure. And it's like, yeah, not that, not the end of the world. Like, there's so... I mean, I'm still alive. <laughs> well, you know exactly. I mean? like, At the end of the there, day, you're breathing, you're there's beating. There's everything in front of me. I've been, you know, very lucky in my life. And I've obviously, like, got a lot of privilege. And I come from a place trying to acknowledge that. And so it's like, don't... Like... I don't know. Don't waste it. It's like, yeah. you know, use it to your advantage that you have it. And, like make space for others who don't come from the same place or the same background or whatever but like don't waste it like you know being a lump on the couch like I watched every Pixar movie like all in a row like over like a two-week span because I was just all all I did all I did was like sit on the couch and watch tv and I didn't do anything else and honestly a lot of great emotional experiences there there are really good movies but at the same time it's like I was, like, able to still live on my own, and, like, I had a lot of advantages and resources in front of me, and, I, and like, what I came to learn is, like, I'm, like, squandering that privilege and those, those blessings that I've been given from the universe, like, through my life is, like, to sit there on the couch, and it's, like, sometimes you need to sit there, I don't mean to judge, like, sometimes you need to just sit there on the couch, and you need to feel your feelings, but at the point it becomes, like, wallowing and, like, feeling, like, so much self-pity, it's like, that's not worth it <laughs> yeah. anymore. I'm like, I'm not just feeling and like allowing myself to feel the feeling I'm in. I'm like wallowing in it and I'm not letting my life go on. Like I'm, like you're saying, like eventually it's going to be better. Like, but if you just sit there and you don't do anything to make yourself feel a little bit better, then it won't really, or it won't yeah. take longer. It's like, who wants to suffer for longer? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'd like to suffer for a shorter amount of time if possible. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> you know, I don't think anyone's like, no, maximum suffering for me. Um, so it's obvious, but I think when you're in, um, in that place, it's tough. Do you like receiving compliments? Like, are you mm-hmm. comfortable accepting them? And mm-hmm. what is a compliment that you've received in improv that really stuck with you? Great question. I think improv has made me have to be better at receiving compliments and not to be brag. That I just realized how braggy that could sound. I just get so many compliments now. It's like I gotta be able to figure out. But no, I think it's just like a really wonderful 
community, the Atlanta improv community, and people are very complimentary. Um, so it has kind of been an exercise in that, um, for sure. I think it's gotten easier. I think it's also like my own journey with like self-love and self-trust. Like if people complimented me when I wasn't at my, and I don't think I'm at my best all the way best self. I don't know if you ever get there hopefully because I think you grow throughout your whole life but at this version of myself that I am that feels a lot better than where I was in the past the version I can accept them now you know what I mean like when I was not in a good place not in a good headspace not feeling totally self-confident I was like not able to validate people's view of me you know what I mean because like my view of myself in my head was not aligning with them saying like you did a really good job or you're seem like a really cool person or whatever because like I in my brain I'm like I don't feel that way so how can that be true (laughs) yeah totally what you're saying no that's so interesting improv has made me explore that and Mm -hmm. it's made the the past year since I started fun but also a little bit mentally exhausting because it's forced me to look at that stuff and I'm sure it's been the same for you and there there's been a lot of moments this past year where I've been like questioning my own view of myself questioning like you know why am I doing this to myself why am I doing negative self-talk why am I like why is it so hard for me to watch a video of myself doing improv like Mm -hmm. why is that so painful so it's good that you're thinking about that stuff yeah and I think that like now I'm to a point where I can accept a compliment and I don't feel I don't feel a need to deny the compliment and I don't feel the need to return a compliment also. Because I think that's part of it too. Is like, I want it to be, when I give someone else a compliment, it feels like it's coming from genuinely a place where I'm like, I want to say this to you because I mean what I'm saying. And I want that for people. Like, I don't want people to just be like, oh, I'm just going to give her, I'm just going to say she did a good job in this set, even though I don't really think she did just because we are talking afterwards. Yeah. Like I don't need, you know, I want people to be, you know, say what they mean. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather you just not, I mean, I don't want you to come up to be like, that sucked. <laughs> you did yeah, really bad. That. I don't want that. But like, you don't have to come up to me and say like, Hey, that was really good. If you don't think it was really good. Yeah. You can just leave it alone. And, like, you can be a kind, polite person and just say, hey, how are you? Like, great to see you. Yeah. You don't have to, like, boost me up. Like, that's another thing I think, though, that comes from, like, that building self-confidence. It's, like, I have a place where I can boost myself up. Like, I have a well. I've learned enough about myself and gotten to a place where it's, like, I don't need a compliment to feel good. I can feel good after a show in front of three people. Yeah. Because I feel like I achieved a goal that I set for myself in the show or I I went out there and I did it and that's all I can ask of myself in a situation, you know, the situation I'm in. So I don't need a compliment. So when someone gives one that's like truly genuine, I feel like you can feel it. And I love that feeling. And I think that's such a way to like connect with another person and just kind of like put some light out in the world and like a not that genuine compliment is also nice I don't think it's like taking away from the world like it's fine but it's just something about that like genuine like I really like I really like that and I really want to tell you and I want to like make a point to let you know because it really like was true and it was the way I felt so I try to 
balance that myself and like if someone comes and gives me a compliment I don't know I don't just go right back I'm like no you did great too because like if I really feel that then I'll say it but if not then I just feel like I I don't want to be disingenuous I mean and everyone's out there trying and that's great like that's the beauty of improv it's like if you went out there and you did it like all the props to you in the world like there's no measure to me of like you did good, they did bad. Like, we all went out there and we all did it, and that is the battle that we're we're fighting. So, like, good for you. And proud of you for that, like, at the baseline. But also it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Trying to balance those things of, like, receiving in a way that's genuine as well. Like, letting someone compliment me and be like, yeah, thank you. Like, I'm hearing that, and I, you know, accept that, and I take it, I'm receiving it. I'm not trying to, like deny your compliment i'm not trying to like say no i guess improv principles also (laughs) i'm not trying to say no to your compliment you know yeah um and i'm also not trying to just like keep it going just because you know like maybe i'm swipe editing after you give me a compliment because that's all that it needs to be you know yeah Um, and i don't i worry that sounds kind of mean but no i think it's just i i'm i'm working on being genuine with myself and with others because I think yeah. for a long time that was my thing I, I like to think I'm always an honest person but like I was in denial about myself and where I was at in life and things I wanted and all this sort of stuff for a long time and I think that projected outwards where I denied things to other people as well and so I'm trying that's the journey I've been on I think it's like not living in that state like genuinely saying what I mean and to myself in my journal and in my head (laughs) and with my therapist but then also like to others yeah no like that that makes total sense and like you said also doing it to yourself it's like sometimes I feel like I'm really really forgiving of other people Mm -hmm. and very understanding of their journey and their place right but then I turn around and I judge myself for Mm -hmm. the smallest things and I'm like I want to do that to somebody else why am I beating myself up yeah um but like that also goes to say too like you know if somebody gives me a compliment that they don't necessarily mean like it's still nice thanks yeah so nice yeah Yeah. but it's not gonna like hit me deep whereas Mm -hmm. there are some people that you know yourself included that like I know you're not gonna say it if you don't Mm -hmm. mean it so that's the feedback that I really try to listen to right and I think it's also too it's like if you if I'm talking to somebody after a set or a show or a jam or whatever and I'm not that doesn't take away I love you as a person. Like, if I'm yeah. talking to you, like, I want to talk to you, and you're an amazing person. Just because I maybe didn't think your set was great, or I don't have a compliment in my brain of, like, how you did in that show, like, that's, like, to me, a separate thing. It doesn't reflect how I think of you as an individual or as a human being. Like, I'm I'm so excited to chat with you and talk with you and get to know more about you. And I'll give you a compliment about the conversation we have (laughs) if a compliment is really what you are after. But like, I think it's sometimes that's a journey I had to go on though too, because I felt like if I'm not returning a compliment back, they're like, Oh, she's mean or she doesn't like me or whatever it is. And it's like, had to really sit with like, I know that that's not my intention and that's not the case like within me if someone perceives it that way and feels that way you know that's totally their right um but I'd hope that like my genuineness like comes across to where they're like oh okay like overall she's she's an honest genuine person so it's not coming from a place of like maliciousness or like a lack of care for an individual just as 
you know? Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, people that I meet that are a little bit more guarded and I don't think I would Mm -hmm. consider you guarded necessarily, which by the way, isn't even a bad thing. I just like, like some people that are a little bit more, maybe like, I don't want to give you my full and undivided attention for a long time and have a long conversation because I don't know you that well. I don't, we don't really have a history together. You know, we meet a lot of people and like some of them are good and some of them aren't. So like, I totally get that people are coming from different places in that way too, because I'm like, luckily I haven't had a lot of experiences where I regretted letting my walls down. So I'm comfortable doing that, but maybe other people keep them up for a reason. And it's, it doesn't say anything about you. It just is like, that's their perspective. And so taking that into consideration too, like, you know, you're not going to be as open. For sure. And everyone's on their journey. Like I'm sure people that met me at the beginning of my improv journey, like would have maybe thought that I was somebody like, there was a lot of times after a jam, I just like ran out (laughs) and I didn't participate in the after jam mingling, you know, that now goes on for hours and hours. But like, I would just be like, I gotta go, you know, like that was my vulnerability was just what I did on the, on the stage. Like that was my capacity for vulnerability that day. Like I can't do anymore, but I think like a lot of things, like it's kind of a muscle that you exercise. And I think improv is such a great tool for vulnerability. Like, I think it's given me the confidence to be able to like, after a jam, I'm talking to somebody and I you know, know them decently well, being like, actually, yeah, I had a hard week. <laughs> and like, how are you? And not saying good every time. Yeah. Like, actually, I had a hard week. And I've noticed it now, like, even with, like, coworkers. Like, how are you? Oh, I've been better. You know, like, I don't need to give them every small little detail of every single thing. But I also don't need to act like everything is fine all the time. Because that's just not reality. That's not true. Yeah. And that's not genuine and like trying to not be in, I think it's also like a lot of what you say out loud is what you say to yourself and, or you say worse to yourself or you deny yourself even harder. So it's like, if I'm not feeling good and I'm saying good, then like, that's going to kind of put me in a cycle of like, now I'm in denial and maybe I won't try and change the situation I'm in if it's not good if I'm just telling everyone it's good all the time, then I'm kind of convincing myself also. And then we talk about like being stuck it's like then you start to feel stuck it's like no it's good like what I'm doing what I have what's happening is good like I'm fine it's good it's good it could be worse you know it could be worse but I feel like that is like a cyclical thing where then it does get worse (laughs) yeah yeah you know because it's not really good and because you're not honest with yourself or honest with others that it's not good you kind of can get stuck yeah and that's something that I'm really grateful for like living in this day and age because I think it's a it's totally fine to be like yeah I'm not good and I do need help and like that's that's totally fine and you're not going to grow and get out of your funk unless you acknowledge that it's happening and like Mm -hmm. you know there's nothing to be embarrassed about like people who are happy all the time first of all that doesn't even sound fun yeah like (laughs) where's the character arc you know (laughs) but yeah like and yeah, having closer friends that like now being in improv for a mm-hmm. little bit longer, you'd be like, oh yeah, 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 we're good at the jam. And then you leave and you're like, fuck dude, I'm going through this thing. And it's like, right. it's really fun to just be able to be positive, but at the same time, not deny the fact that you're a human and like you maybe haven't had the best time. For sure. And, and there's not like, you know, I think there's a lot to be obviously said about mental health, you know, and like when if you're really like feeling depressed, it's hard to feel other emotions besides just that feeling. Cause like, that's literally like depression. It's like, everything is <laughs> depressed. That checks so, out, yeah. you know, but like at the same time, if you're not fully in, if you're not in that place and I'm very lucky that like currently I'm, I'm not there, but that doesn't mean that you don't have a bad day. 
but like everything can exist at once also and and you know i don't want to speak for people that battle depression um you know in a in a severe way but like i would imagine there's also days in that where you're like i had a really good day you know yeah and so it's like nothing exists in a vacuum where you're like i'm just sad right now like i'm just having a bad week and that's all that there is to me you know it's like i really had fun at improv and i was laughing and i was hooting and hollering and i was connecting with my friends and i was doing all that but like also this particular situation is like weighing on me or wearing me down or taking my energy or whatever and so it's like I think before I had it in my head of like, if I, you say you have a bad day, then people are like, oh, she's going through a rough time. Like, or, she, or we just have to like only apply her with sympathy and like we can't joke with her or whatever. Like, I just want to be, I think everybody just wants to be treated as a person. So it's like, I think getting that story out of my head that that's how it was going to be received is important too. It's like, I can tell people I had a bad week and we can still go out and do a really fun improv set. They're not yeah. going to be like babying me or like worried, oh, she's had a bad week. Like, is she going to be able to, listen and support in a scene or is she going to be able to you know at yacht club is she going to want to have a conversation you know what i mean it's like you can have multiple things going on and you can have fun while you're still having a bad week or a bad time yeah you know yeah exactly yeah and like i don't know if you've struggled with this too but like this is something that improv made me think about that isn't necessarily improv related but since it is so vulnerable and like it takes a lot of at least for me it's taken a lot of inflection like self-inflection that I found that I was putting so much pressure on myself because I felt like improv was tied to so many things like improv Mm -hmm. was giving me you know like it was giving me a way to make people laugh and feel wanted and it was giving me like a community and friends and stuff and then I felt like when I had a bad show I would jeopardize all of that Mm. and I'm like it's they're not connected like it feels connected but you can have a bad show and if your friends are good people they're still gonna like you anyway and if they don't then they shouldn't be your friends (laughs) yeah I mean I think it's too like the finding that like healthy level of perspective like for me it's kind of like I have not been paid a single cent (laughs) to do improv I'm just doing it because I love to do it and it brings me a lot of joy so it's like the stakes in that aren't that high you know it's like if one thing if I'm like about to be on SNL and I bomb (laughs) and people have a reaction to that like okay rightfully so but it's like I'm doing this for free for fun like yeah in small places that are just trying to like support a community of people that want to express themselves like I'm not on stage at the Fox Theater and people pay thousands of dollars and like so the expectation is that I'm doing it well because they're paid money to see me do it well you know yeah um and obviously people pay for the ticket and all that and I want them to always like get a good laugh out of it and like of course the feeling of making the room laugh and and doing well is not a bad thing I I I love to do well I'd love to get a big the big laugh and I love to have a really good show of course um but I think like finding that perspective of like you know though at the end of the day this doesn't really matter that much and you know if somebody is gonna not be my friend because the show didn't go well or because I was having a bad week and didn't show up that great in a jam or I, the show that I agreed to do way far in advance came on the heels of something tough in my life and I wasn't my best in the show like if they're gonna have a reaction to that that's really that negative is kind of like more a sign that they're 
with that problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't need to be, have them around. Like, if they're not able to be understanding of, like, we're all people and we yeah. all are living our lives. And part of our lives is doing improv together. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. not the whole thing. Yeah, totally. Um, I was just about to say something that, oh, yes. Um, yeah, like, kind of in the way that I try not to look for validation in people. Mm-hmm. I found that I was doing something like that with, like, improv. Or I do that with some of my other hobbies. And right. it's just, like, you don't, like, if you're not good at it, first of all, it's fine. Right. And <laughs> um, even if you are good at it, it right. doesn't necessarily say anything about you. You're just good at that thing. It shouldn't hold so right. much weight in your life that you're, like, well, if I'm not good at it anymore, then yeah. what, what do I do? It's, like it's really not tied to you as a person at all. It's just like a thing that you're doing and it's fine that you're not always good at it. And I think it would be kind of scary to be good at it all the time because then right. like, even though like that'd be a fun problem to have, like right. <laughs> <laughs> it would get a little boring. Like where, where do you go from there if you're already right. so good at but it? Like you said before, the character arc, the character development, it's like, you don't ever want to feel sad. Like sometimes it's nice. <laughs> yeah. Like in a weird way, once you're done being sad, you're like, that was kind of nice that I was sad about that. Like that means I cared. You know what I mean? I don't know. And it's like, if you're going to, a lot of fucked up people are really good at certain things, but that doesn't mean that they're not like fucked up people. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, there's uh, comedians that are really funny and sell out tours and then they're like sexually assaulting people. So it's like, great, you're good at comedy, good for you, but like look how you are as a human being and like what you've done for the world is some total negative. So yeah, (laughs) I think it's like we're all just out here and hopefully everyone is trying to do like some total positive for the world. So sometimes, you know, I bombed an improv set, but like I really helped out a friend that needed a favor that week okay cancels out (laughs) yeah no that's a good way to look at it yeah Yeah. that's really positive because yeah like I I'm genuinely really positive but I just Mm -hmm. noticed like improv has made me notice that like once it's crunch time Mm -hmm. I like turn on myself Mm. and I've I've heard other people in improv also say that where they're very confident and they trust themselves at practice or Mm -hmm. you know at low stakes jams and things like Mm -hmm. that and then once it comes down to actually doing it at a time that it would be great to do it well right. at like they all of a sudden it turns into like oh I don't know like yeah do I know what I'm doing that kind of thing and, and I'm trying to remain that same positiveness right even in those times too when it's really easy to <laughs> be negative yeah no I mean it is it's easy to like be like Ugh, dumb like oh I'm dumb like I can't believe I couldn't go out there and that or like someone you know and I think it's a lot of to that self-comparison you get into and it's easier to not do that when you're not in front of an audience because I think that it's like a projection right like you know the audience is kind of comparing like it's just a natural human thing like when I watch an improv show I am kind of like well who was the funniest one or like and now I think with more knowledge of improv and like the craft of it all there's not just like who is the funniest one that doesn't necessarily mean they were like the best one and also it's not a contest it's a team sport so it's like now I can sort of notice where like maybe someone didn't get the biggest laugh of the night but like they offered it up or they were building something that led to this you know climax moment of the set and I can identify that now but that I think came with like watching a lot I've seen a lot of improv and doing improv like a regular audience member might not be noticing that like they'll be noticing that big laugh and kind of doing that comparison so I think it's kind of like that projection of like I know they're kind of comparing all of us so in my head I'm just going to preemptively compare all of us 
And then when you do that, like you play with somebody that goes out there and does something really bold and you're like, I can't do something that bold. And then you just start talking in your head of like, oh, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know. I can't do that object work like that. Or I can't do that accent. Or I can't come out with that big character. Like, then it just turns into that spiral. I think so easily of just like, then you kind of shut down. Like, luckily, I feel like for the most part, I... I don't know. Like I said, I might need to talk to my therapist about it. Like I have some sort of like opposite mental block where I like don't feel any nerves. It it, it worries me in like the way of like you know how people that don't feel any pain and like they keep they always are like injured and they don't know because they don't have any like pain receptors. Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes like really experienced people in improv talk about like I'm still so nervous to do any show whether it's in front of three people or three hundred people. Like I'm nervous and I'm just like I don't really feel nervous and I worry (laughs) sometimes maybe I'm like missing something um but for me I think it's kind of and this is like a pattern probably in my general life it's like in the moment I'm fine like my anxiety manifests after (laughs) like if I'm even like socially you know everyone has those things like god that was so stupid and then that sort of builds like oh I don't know if I want to go to this party what if I'm going to say something stupid and so there's that like hesitation before I don't have that I'm like I'm so excited to go to this party it's going to be so fun can't wait to do it at the party feeling great talking to people then I get home and it's like the come down of the adrenaline of social interaction I'm like fuck like I feel like I said something dumb (laughs) like I don't know I'm not feeling I'm feeling really anxious about the like aftermath you know in the aftermath like once I reflect but so I feel like for improv, maybe it's kind of that way too, where I'm in the moment, I can definitely get in my head as anyone can, where I'm just kind of like, oh, I don't have an idea. And it doesn't turn super negative, but it just turns into hesitation. Mm-hmm. But then afterwards, after a show, I think is when I kind of will come out. Like if I'm recapping it, I'm like, oh, I could have done that better. Or like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have said that thing. Cause I think I'd turn down their offer and then like, yeah, in the reflection is where I start to, like, feel a little bit negative, I think. But I think it's all a projection of, like, what we think other people are going to do to us. I feel like the brain has a great mechanism for that of, like, well, I'm going to just think about what they're going to think about me first, and then I'll already be prepared that they've thought that about me. You know what I mean? Like, I'll just judge myself ahead of them judging me, so then that way, when I see them judging me, I won't feel some type of way about it. But it's, like probably they're one not really going to judge you and then like two it's not fair to yourself because if they are judging you then let them judge you but yeah no I'm always interested to know how people process anxiety differently yeah and once I realized that a lot of people are doing the same thing Mm -hmm. and like overthinking the whole social interaction and the whole thing and like being so hard on themselves it was like so eye-opening because I went to a I think it was like Jean's party or something mm-hmm. the other day and I was just standing up on his little fireplace just kind of looking around for a little bit and mm-hmm. I was like we're all so insecure like there, <laughs> there are so many like little things that I'm like oh I do that thing when I right. stand too and I don't know where to wow. put my hands and stuff yeah. so like it's nice to see that other I mean it's not nice to see like I wish none of us had anxiety but like it is comforting to know that everybody's doing it and nobody's judging you as hard as you're judging yourself for sure for sure it's it's not an easy thing to be like observed in the way that you are especially in an improv scene like really putting yourself out there and like being like all right here see me do that you know see me being a giant hot dog that's getting covered in mustard like that's silly stuff (laughs) and it's it's a lot to like be observed doing that and it 
is a lot to be observed just like existing like in a group setting it's like okay people are seeing me do that and that is that weird like (laughs) what do they think about me doing that like it's a lot and I think we live in a culture of so much observation it feels like you never really get a break because it's like people are observing you on social media people are observing you in person people are you know making a lot of prejudgments based on things they don't know and I feel like we're conditioned to do that with like social media nowadays like you only have part of the story on a TikTok it's only I don't know how long they can be now I don't have a TikTok but you know it's only part of something you know a picture is like moment in time on Instagram like it's not the whole story or like a is it still called Twitter? I'm trying to not be on social media as much. I'm only on Instagram. X. You mean X? X. <laughs> like, it's only so long of a statement. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not, like, gonna... So much of life is context, and I think we're really losing that as a society. It's, like, there's a lot of context to situations, to individuals, to anything that you have in front of you that you're observing. And we don't give time to, like, learn context or see context. And so it's tough to exist in a world where that's the case because you're like well if you knew about my week you would know that was why I hesitated (laughs) to go out and join that scene but like I can't go around and tell all the audience (laughs) before a show like hey by the way I did have a really like weird work meeting and I got in trouble at work a little bit so my head's off like (laughs) that would be amazing to go around hey just give me some grace like (laughs) I had this tough time Um, but you can't do that and so people don't have the full context of you and that's like nerve-wracking to like present yourself and be like okay you only know me in this moment with what's going on and what I do from now until the end of this set and you don't and you know friends that are there and stuff like that helps but like if there's strangers in the audience it's like that's all they have of you so it's a very vulnerable thing to be like okay like this 30 minutes of me is like all you have to use to decide how you feel about me or what your opinion of me is or how you're going to judge me or what you think of me so it's like very vulnerable yeah yeah definitely sorry i didn't mean for this to be so serious like i'm liking talking about it though but i feel bad i I feel like it you probably thought you're gonna have more fun oh my god i'm having so much fun i love getting i love deep combo okay good that's something that is new i was always such a jokester I would just joke everything off. Everything was a bit. Everyone would be like, oh, I'm so, I'm so sad. I'd be like, ooh. You know, I would have some joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, to rebuttal and humor, coping mechanism, all that. And I'm in this new phase where I'm like, no, let's talk about our feelings. I, I want to hear about it. it and talk about it. <laughs> you know, that's funny because I, like, could sense that vibe with you really yeah. i'm glad i'm like, trying to throw it out there <laughs> throw that vibe out I'm trying like, a new thing i'm trying to be like hey you want to get deep and not in that way <laughs> um in the conversation way <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and i also think it's timing because I, I, we recently had our year mark at bibliotech we're like yeah, a year and some change yeah. and so now you know i i've noticed my friends change and i was thinking about it like yeah, I've known these people for like a year now. Right. A lot changes in a year and mm-hmm. it is kind of nice to see them grow and evolve and for you guys to continue to be yeah. compatible and that's so exciting. But, you know, it's just reminding me that like, you know, nothing's changing. It's just we're all growing, mm-hmm. which is like a, such a privilege, I think. It is, yeah. I, I definitely have noticed that too. Like some of us 
I don't even know if I'm technically, I could say I'm an OG because there were people obviously that are way more OG than me going to the jam and stuff like that. But I feel like because I was there before Bibliotech existed, were you there before? Were you at no. Roll Call? No. Um, but even the people that were at the beginnings of Bibliotech and, um, you know, even when it was at Roll Call and stuff like that, I've noticed like those that are still around, like it really is, it reminds me of like school like college or like high school or whatever like as you go up through the classes like the upperclassmen and the freshmen and stuff like that like it's so amazing to have seen everyone's growth not even just you know in improv as individuals but like especially in improv like it used to be that we were the ones like that someone was grabbing and pulling into a scene because we were nervous to go out there and now we're doing that for other people and pulling someone new in and being like, no, come on out. Like, this is good. You can do it. Like, it's a safe place. And so it's been fun, I think, to see that, like, growth and that trajectory. And also see, like, those of us that have, st- like, I don't want to say stuck it out. If people came for a little while and then they don't come anymore, give them. Do yeah. what you want in your life. Yeah. Um, it's not a contest. <laughs> <laughs> but those of us that have found it uh, to bring us this much joy and stuff, like, I just notice a lot of times, like, we all have like a different like sense of calm about us i feel like like i I just remember being so like like jittery and like i'm so excited to do it but now it's more of like oh i'm i'm calm about it i'm excited to do it but it's like in a way that's like more measured i guess and not and i don't mean that to be like i don't feel the feeling as strong i feel so excited every time there's a jam i'm like oh i'm so excited for my team to go like i can't wait um but before it was like, oh, kind of like, oh, jittery, like I got to go like top of my foot and all that, like a lot of energy build up. And I feel like now I, I think we all have learned over time, like how to like disperse that energy a little bit and like put it where we want it to go and stuff. I, yeah. I don't know if that is from anything, but that's just how I felt. Like, I just feel like you and stuff like I feel like always when I see you, you're like very calm. And I always like that about you. I'm like, Riley is pretty calm every time I see her. Like, and it's really nice, you know. I fooled you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, really calm. And, like, so many people. And, like, even Bridget. Like, she's crazy in the best way. <laughs> like, in an improv scene. But, like, still, like, really calm. Like, to talk to her, she's really calm. And she's feeling good about going out there and being crazy, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's been cool to just see, yeah, see everybody move into the you know now we're sophomores <laughs> or juniors you know <laughs> yeah and i kind of yeah. see it as like we were in the honeymoon stage of the relationship we had mm-hmm. with improv and now right. it's like we know it well and it right. is what it is it's and a real full-on marriage now yeah we're full-on married yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um oh i was just gonna say another thing and i lost my train of thought no it'll come back to me um <laughs> okay it'll come back to me um, but I was going to ask too, mm-hmm. what's some improv advice that you were given that's really stuck with you? Good question. Um, I feel like probably the best advice, and I don't know that I could remember a specific piece for you, but the best kind of guidance I got was taking Madeline Evans' class. Um, I think that um, there's something to be said about taking class with somebody that already kind of knows you, 
um, that you feel like a friendship connection with. Um, there's just like a openness and vulnerability that you kind of start from that I think carries you to like a deeper level than like taking. And I'm excited. I've taken her class twice already and there's only two classes. (laughs) If she's going to do another class, I would take it in a heartbeat, but I think I'm going to try next class, like do something, something different and expand my horizons there. And so I'm excited to kind of like take class from a stranger, but, um, something about her class. I think she's an excellent teacher, um, on top of being a cool person and a great friend. Um, but I think her constantly drilling in, like having intention, um, in a scene, like thinking about what you want out of a set or a scene or a class. Um, and whether that's the day of the class or the class as a whole, like, what do you, what are you working toward? Um, that's been super valuable because I think when I started before taking her class I was just like I you know my only intention really I think was just the laugh um making people laugh being funny um Mm -hmm. and feeling like I could do that but after that and like thinking about well that can't be your only intention all the time you should you know mix it up (laughs) (laughs) yeah um I think that led me to okay like how can I listen better like how can I support better how can I find the game and like allow someone to shine in a way that isn't me getting the big laugh but maybe I'm setting them up for the the big laugh like you know some when in basketball and my sports girl in basketball (laughs) you know someone has to pass the ball to you know LeBron James or Michael Jordan for them to dunk it and do the alley-oop you know someone has to throw a perfect pass you know or soccer like for someone to score the goal, someone has to set them up with a great pass or a great corner kick for a header to the goal. You know, there's, it's a team sport. So I think like for me, framing it with the intention behind it and like having, trying to have different intention and, and achieve that goal um, was a help twofold. One, that like it helped me be a better, I think, scene partner. But also two, it's like it feel, helps you feel accomplished at the end of a day. Even if you didn't get the big laugh, um, even if you don't feel like you were hundred percent your best, like, is there some intention that you gave yourself that you were able to achieve? And then it's like leaving, feeling that sense of accomplishment. And I feel like there's a lot of times where you're in life where you don't really get that. Like a lot of stuff just gets left open-ended in the world we live in. And so you're like, did I even finish that? Or did I do that? Well, I don't really know. Yeah. So I think that that's something that then has carried over into my life too. Like setting intention, like if I'm going to go hang out with somebody like what's my intention for the hangout is it connection deepening like deepening connection is there like a potential project to work on with this person is it just I really want to eat the food that is at this restaurant you know like what's the intention (laughs) behind this hangout and then like trying to like go towards that I think has come out of improv and like applied to my life yeah yeah that kind of goes into what I was going to ask you too is like what's something that people that don't have any interest in being on SNL or don't have any interest in being an actor. What's something really valuable that they can learn from improv? I think honestly, it's, um, God, there's a lot, there's really a lot. I think you can learn. I think for me, it's helped me so much like professionally, like I can go in a meeting and I'll talk like there's I have no problem just being like I'll talk in this meeting like if if I'm not talking in a meeting then 
uh, something's up. <laughs> like, I'm going to talk. Like, if there's a meeting going on, pretty much, like, I'm going to talk in the meeting. And I used to hesitate in that. Like, because um, I think, honestly, that part of it is, and I think this maybe is, like, especially for, for women, um, both in the comedy space and professionally and just in the world, like, um, we're taught sometimes that, like, the first thought we have, don't go with it. That it doesn't really matter. Like, like think and what you have to add or what you have to say isn't as important. Um, and I feel like improv really, like, breaks that pattern because it's, like, it doesn't... Whatever you have to say, yes. Like, yes to that. You know, that's what you're taught. Is like, go out there and say it, and everyone around you is going to say yes to that. Yeah. So I think, like, being able to practice that behavior of just, like, I'm just going to go out there and I'm just going to say this thing or do this thing, and they're going to say yes, I know. Because, like, it's literally probably the one rule it's like they should come and they should say yes and I think that's helped me a lot to just say what's on my mind in life like you know what I'm just gonna say that and if they don't say yes then they're not a good scene partner you know what I mean like in the improv scene that is this meeting (laughs) um, they don't know they're in it but I'm doing it and I'm gonna tap all of them out (laughs) I'm gonna swipe this meeting should have been an email um But no, I think it's just that confidence of like, you know what? And if they don't pick it up, I think also jam, improv jam, um, that setting of like, I'm just going to say it and they're going to say yes because in a jam, not everybody does say yes. Um, And like being able to uh, have someone just either totally ignore your suggestion or in their way say no and then know that you have the ability to like, okay, like they're supposed to have said yes. Um, but they didn't, but like, I have the skill set where like, I can say yes to them, even though they said no, and we can keep going with this, you know, scene. Yeah. And then the ability to recognize, I think when people are saying no, cause it's like, of course, if they're like, no, I don't think that's a good idea. Um, obviously I know they're saying no, but I think mm-hmm. a lot of times in life before there was times where I was saying things and people were saying no to me or they were saying no to the idea like my idea or like myself just me as an individual and I wasn't picking up on that because it's not like flat out like no I don't like you but there's like ways to read and so I feel like kind of the two sides of that like being able to have the mechanism to just like say what I'm thinking because like the right people that are um trustworthy and that are you know I literally my my roommate and I we call people yes and people are no but people now like if we (laughs) have someone at work that like it's just really grating and not a good listener or something I'm like they're such a no but person but it's like this person is so great like we really vibe we really connect they listen they you know add to the conversation they're really good at conversation um they have great ideas we're like okay they're a yes and person you know so I feel like it's that mechanism to know that like the right people the good people the people you want around will say yes and then to be identifying of the people that are saying no to you yeah that's a really good point because a good scene where everything is being yes and and offers are being accepted and built upon always lead to much more exciting and bigger places than mm-hmm. scenes where your your ideas are constantly being shut down or you're not you know, accepting what each other's saying. And I, it's made me notice that more in, in people and like the mm-hmm. company that I keep too, because right. your opportunities and your happiness are going to be diminished by hanging out with people who are, you know, 
but and budding or no no but no budding you yeah and so that's something to keep in mind too is like that's going to affect your outcome and your future and your scene if you will right so that's you know if that's not the outcome that you want for yourself then maybe you know try to find more people that are going to yes and you for and sure. who are going to give you that positive feedback Oh my God, I've experienced that so much professionally. Like you're in a meeting and you're like, well, what if we tried it this way? And everyone's immediately ready to just tell you how it's not going to work. And it's like, that's so opposite of what we need. Like someone's trying to offer a new idea of like a way we can handle. I mean, and I work in operations. So like we're constantly talking about process. Like how can we make this process more efficient and how can we do this better? And like when people suggest things and all we have time to say is like, I don't think that's going to work because of X, Y, and Z thing. It's like, that might be valid in this context but it's like why can't we say yes to the idea first and then like think it through from like a more holistic perspective instead of like immediately our brain goes no that's not going to work we can't do that way like we've we've never done it that way before or there's all these roadblocks that we could run into and it's just like when I'm coming out in a scene and I'm like hey uh do you want a hot dog and you're saying yes to, you know you could say no could be like oh no because like the character that I thought of is vegetarian she would never eat a hot dog and you could go through and you could have all those roadblocks like no that's not going to work that you offered me a hot dog because I'm vegetarian and also because we're not at a place that serves hot dogs we're underwater like why would there be a hot dog like if you go to that instead of going to yes I'd love a hot dog the scene's not going to go anywhere. Like yeah. you just have to say, okay, yeah, I want a hot dog. And then from there we can take it to that next place. But it's like yeah. saying no right away. It's like, we're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. And I asked this question a lot in my classes at dad's. Mm-hmm. I was like, what are good offers? What are good tilts? And something that I learned was like, it's not necessarily specific choices that you're making. Like maybe the offer you give in that moment isn't, you know, the best offer that's ever been made. But as long as it falls within the parameters of, you know, generally what works, like agreeing and adding on to it as opposed to not, like that's a stepping stone in the right direction. Even if in that moment it may not be perfect, it's leading you in a good direction. And so it's just like, yeah, remembering what you're trying to do and what, and like you said, like working in operations, like making it more efficient, like, what's going to help us get there in the best way. I'm just going to put my best, most positive right. offer forward. And even if it like doesn't make sense right away, maybe it's going to help us get to a better place. Right. And that's, yeah, that's the thing. It's like risk taking too, I feel like. And that's especially in like a corporate professional world. They're like so anti risk taking because of course there's money involved with that, you know, um, it, the stakes are a little bit higher, but it's just like, we're never going to get anywhere if we don't do anything di- like the world has changed changes so fast we're never going to get anywhere if we don't do anything different and then so it's like that mechanism and improv of like taking the risk of like i'm just gonna go out there and tell you like here's a hot dog and what can come from that like you're saying is like endless possibilities and maybe that was stupid for me to come out and give you a hot dog maybe you were like clearly swimming and i'm like hey here's a hot dog like maybe i missed something at first like maybe i didn't get all the information from the jump but like still being able to have the class to be like okay she missed that yeah I want a hot dog like we can take it it might be silly like maybe it's an underwater hot dog you know like I can make it into whatever I want to make it into and maybe through that we'll see like where we could go like there's a new avenue that we would never have seen if we didn't 
say yes to the hot dog yeah you know exactly and that's an important lesson for improv but also just yeah like in life in general and being open to possibilities because like i personally don't want to know how things are going to turn out i kind of like the thought of we'll see we'll see yeah that's fun yeah all you can like because we're really just improv in life it is yeah you know like i don't think i'm gonna get to a positive place if i like have negative reactions to offers that are put in front of me right yeah yeah you can't it's like not it's like anti-math and i am anti-math i will state that for the record (laughs) um but like you know like two negatives equal a positive or whatever i feel like that's not true in in actual life just in math and that's why i'm anti-math <laughs> so like two positives but i guess in math two positives also equal a positive so i'll give them that but <laughs> this is like out of my educational range like. yeah. <laughs> i don't know what that means but no yeah you know i think in life positive plus positive definitely equals positive but positive plus negative is always going to be negative. I don't know if that is true in math as well, but I don't think so. I don't it know. Sounded sounded right to I don't me. Know. I, the communications I, major. <laughs> I was also a communications major, so we're neither of us is qualified to be talking about math. And I'm sorry <laughs> that I brought it up. It's kind of like you know people that are hateful. They just can't stop talking about what they hate. So I'm anti math, and so I'm constantly bringing up math because you know. <laughs> If you're hating something, you just have to talk about it all the time. (laughs) Recently, I've like, I've decided to say some thoughts that maybe like I wouldn't say Mm -hmm. aloud or maybe some like just things that I have on my mind, like actually saying them out loud to like a human person and sometimes hearing them makes them make more sense than they did in my head or like, you know, I don't know how that What's an example? Yeah. So... I went to this dance class okay. a couple weeks ago. I love that. <laughs> um, and it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't feel like I had a really, really good time for like a number of reasons. Okay. Like stupid ass reasons. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, like there was a guy that was standing way too close to me. Ugh. And I tried to give him There's the There's always the that hints. guy. Always that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so then like that was, that was kind of bothering me. And then mm-hmm. like you know i couldn't see myself fully in the mirror right there was this woman who kept like stepping in front of me like little things like that right and i was like i can't let those you know in my eyes those like negative things like things that feel negative to me i can't let those ruin my time like i I can't let those overtake the entire experience like i need to learn to deal with things that are negative to me and like mm-hmm. choices that I wouldn't make. Like I would never stand in front of somebody who's clearly trying to like watch. Yeah, themselves. I can't believe that bitch did that to you. How <laughs> dare she? <laughs> um, with, with such malicious intent too. She was like, I'm gonna block <laughs> her view in the mirror so hard. She didn't even know I was there. Like she 100% <laughs> didn't even know that I was there. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then so like after the class, I was just like annoyed, you know. Then I was like, no, I need to, I need to write this stuff down. Like, mm. actually try to make myself write it down in right. my notes app and say, like, I didn't have a fun time in this class because the guy was standing so close to me. Right. And then I was like, that's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really yeah. let that ruin, not, like, ruin the whole experience. It's so right. fun. But, like, I let that damper my experience. Right. And sometimes, like, just saying your problems out loud yeah. or speaking, like, with 
if it's not making sense in your head, just say it out loud and maybe it'll make a little bit more sense. And right. maybe you'll realize like how silly it is, yet you were giving it so much like airtime. You know what right. I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, it's easier. Uh, yeah. It's like doing like journaling and I'm a big, I talk to myself all the time. Oh. Uh, like especially in my car. It's like I have a commute from work and so I'm usually in the car for like at least, at the very least 20 minutes each way sometimes up to an hour depending traffic gotta love atlanta um <laughs> but like genuinely like in the car sometimes i'm just like having a full-on like well what is you know like a back and forth like okay like i'm feeling weird about the way that they talked to me in that meeting like what is the deal with that and then i'm like well i think that they need to get off their high horse you know i'm like having this whole dialogue and like something about the external processing like either helps you validate like if something really is serious or it helps you be like this is so like why am i (laughs) like if i was if another person was hearing this they'd be like okay like cool (laughs) must have been tough you know um but that's not me i'm i literally like hype people up if they have a i'm kind of bad about that like someone's like i don't know if this is silly but like this person really bugged me i'm like no they were really being annoying like i'm like that person like i'm like it's not especially with my friend i'm like it's not your fault at all you shouldn't even second guess like that guy was standing way too close to you there's and only that's one so side rude. to this story like there yeah. is that one side <laughs> yeah no, no i do that too <laughs> i'm like especially my like female friends i'm like no girl like you literally could never do anything wrong um so i don't understand how they didn't actively make you have a bad dance class like in my brain like that lady and that man conspired against you (laughs) to ruin your dance class and that and you were just there with all of your positive energy trying to have a good time and they were actively (laughs) that's not reality though but that's how i operate that's your improv training (laughs) kicking in you're like yes 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 Yes. i fully agree right (laughs) to whatever crazy shit you're saying right (laughs) (laughs) um okay let me ask you a few more side note i think shay is going to be coming shortly so i'm just going to keep an eye out Ooh, the one and only shay dominguez i'm so excited i'm such a fan girl of shay dominguez me too have you ever wanted to host or be a host no never so i hosted so this is funny in high school i hosted we had like a mr chs it was called it was like a male male um, pageant that was supposed to like raise money for some sort of something we were doing and me and another girl hosted it in front of the whole school it was a whole assembly and um that's the only time i've ever hosted anything it was really nerve-wracking but i think i had the makings of a little improviser yeah. <laughs> i just didn't realize it at the time but um outside of that now i would never i don't know it's like i don't want all of that accountability i don't know like props like that's why i'm such a fangirl shay because like she's like this is mine and i'm signing off and this is you know i'm the friend of it all i'm like no i'll be on a team with a bunch of people so it's all of our fault (laughs) yeah no same and sometimes it's more fun when you're not playing a big role in it because then you get to spend more time like having fun during the show like Mm -hmm. we did mean girls a couple weeks ago yeah super fun. fun but i was also like oh i would have loved to have just been like a fly on the wall or right. like a character in the back and just like hanging out with you guys right in the background too yes because you were such a main role you had to like move us you had to like help us not be so chaotic and move us along but you did a great job at it i thought and you had like 
I was like, I don't know that I would have said anything funny if I had to do what she did. And he had a lot of funny things he said. So thanks, <laughs> thanks for being you. down to do it. No, yeah. I, know, <laughs> I, I relate to that a lot. Like I, I'm a manager at work. So I'm like always the one that like is in charge on the head honcho and having to like make the decisions and have the accountability and responsibility. So like in life, I'm like, I would love it if I didn't have to do that. I would love it if I'm just along for the ride and I can just show up and goof, goof around and I don't have to. But then again, it's nice to sometimes have stake in the game, and I think it's not always fair to, um, like, just jump in where people will bring you in because it's like, well, what am I doing for others as well? So it's all a balance. But <laughs> uh, I definitely enjoy not hosting and not being in charge. <laughs> yeah. Note to self, don't be in charge. Yes. It's more fun. If anyone just wants hang me out. to be in charge, don't. <laughs> and don't cancel me still. <laughs> I don't know if I've said anything cancelable, but just as a reminder just for the <laughs> bottom half of the show, don't cancel me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, what's a goal that you have for yourself upcoming? Like, where do you want to see yourself in the next year in terms of like your improv journey? Hmm. I think I, you know, for me, I think the biggest thing is like, I want to, um, I just talked about not wanting to host, but I want to have a little bit more control over it because um, I've just kind of been a show up at a jam type of type of person for a minute and um, only sort of recently started working on like, how can I get on shows and do shows and do stuff like that? Um, and I want to invest a little bit more in it in that way um, and find like, for me, it's a part of like work-life balance. Like um, my work schedule gets a little haywire and kind of limits me, and so I'm trying to figure out how to um, change that situation so that I have more time to be able to dedicate to like creative things in general, but definitely improv for sure. Like I have only. I took my class at Village and I took Madeline's two classes. Like, I would love to take more classes um, and expand my horizons there and just, like, invest more in my growth with that and invest more in, like, doing things intentionally that I want to do. Like, I think I'm intent... I've made the time Wednesday nights to intentionally go to the jam, um... But that sort of setting, it's like your playtime isn't always guaranteed as how much you'll have. And um, I feel like you learn a lot. I learn so much every time I do a jam set. I'm like, wow, I'm taking something away from that and learning and how to listen or watching your scene partner do something that's really cool or watching the other sets. Like there's a lot to learn and I'm super grateful for that. But I feel like it's like finding more time to like be intentional be creative like what's something that I want to do like what's some an idea that I have that I want to like execute um that someone else will host because I'm not hosting anything (laughs) (laughs) um but you know what I mean I I don't know if I'm making sense but like just not just showing up I guess to things and like participating like having a little bit more control over what I'm doing and like giving it like expressing that creative muscle because I feel like I can show up and I'm like using my creativity in the scene or whatever and when I'm there but like having an intentionality behind creativity and like having an idea or 
or is it making a sketch or is it like you know I'm sometimes thinking of jokes like I've never done stand-up maybe that'd be cool to do stand-up um but like having yeah more intentionality behind like creativity and like dedicating time to it and figuring out how to structure my life and my work to where I have a like I have the energy to have that intentionality because I think a lot of times things just drain you and and being drained you know I have a I have a really strong excuse brain like my brain loves to go "Mm, can't do that because of x y and z or like if you did that then this will happen so you can't do that like so many ways I can make up an excuse to like not do something um so for me I have to kind of like structure my life to where it's harder for me to make an excuse like I have to be really reaching for an excuse to not do something um so I think that's kind of my goal in the future I guess to sum it up this long-winded answer is um just figuring out how the the way to like balance my life and my creativity so that I can be more intentional with my creativity and my energy is not only going to work or to other extraneous like personal things or keeping a home (laughs) or whatever you know just adult life there's a lot of tasks you have to do all your little tasks every day um so finding the ways um to keep that well of energy for my creative endeavors yeah no that's a that's a really good goal and it's also yeah it's I so many people that I've talked to have said that mm-hmm. same thing where they're mm-hmm. like I feel like I give up so much of my energy reserve right. to things that I don't even really want to care about I just have to for whatever reason right so it's been so great to like as we've been at um or at least I've been at bibliotech for a year now like starting to see people produce their own projects and really work their creative muscles in new ways and seeing them find like the right. time and ability to be able to do that when you're already so busy. Like it's so nice to see. For sure. I mean, it's been amazing. Like we talk about the growth of the individuals like at jam setting. Like I remember when, I mean, why did I end up at roll call at a, a jam instead of a show? Like there weren't that many shows going on, like coming off of COVID year and stuff like that it's like there wasn't that much going on in the improv world as i knew it and i feel like now it's like so many teams so many shows a lot of people have like found that intentional creative investment in what they've been doing and coming from the community like it's really bloomed outward like to your point i mean i think i mean how many you're on two teams that's that's correct okay yeah sorry i was thinking that for a second yeah, I was going to mention that, by the way, because it's been nice. Like, one of my teams is now kind of old, like, yeah. we're a year old, and it's gotten, like, a second wind. I it's love that. It's kind of cool. Like, yeah. you know, it was one thing at the beginning, and now it's kind of serving a totally different purpose in my mm-hmm. life, and it's cool to see the same creative endeavor. It's it's kind of like the gift that mm-hmm. keeps giving. Yeah. No, I love that. I think it's, yeah, it's really amazing to see, and so that's kind of, like, I feel like I've seen a lot of people doing that, and I'm like, I could definitely participate in those fun feelings and I would love to do that with my you know for myself and and like I think through improv got have gotten really in touch with that side of myself like I was not I would have like it was hard for me to identify as a comedian after doing improv like it was hard for me to even identify as like being creative at all you know before I did improv like I'd be like oh, I'm not really that creative like I'm just kind of a you know logistics brain like I don't really you know but there's creativity and everything and I think like improv helped me learn and reconnect like with that side of myself like 
kids are so creative and so i think improv is like mechanism to like connect you to your inner child with play and like make playing pretend yeah <laughs> i think unlocks a lot of that and it's like because when you're a kid you don't know anything about the world so you like have to be creative because you're like i don't know how to i don't know what's going on like so i'm just gonna make up what's going on <laughs> you yeah. know and so i think that has allowed me to get back in touch with that which is like you know given me the chance to get to this place where i'm like no i want to be more intentional with it because now i know that it's there yeah yeah Thank you so much, dude, for, like, sharing your perspective. Because, of course. Um, like, I just think it's so important to hear what other people are going through and, like, yeah. their journeys. And we all are trying to find that balance and we're all trying to do more of the things we want to do. And so it's for sure. so great to, like, see you pursuing that. And, you know, from the outside, you're thriving. So I hope you feel Thank that way you. internally, too. And, like, it's just been so nice to see you grow. And, like, I can't Thank wait to you. continue to watch you grow. Oh, my God. It's been great to see you grow, too, Riley. I think you're just, like, a great... Um, positive for sort of like pillar of the community like I've never literally heard a negative word about you and I think that's a testament I mean the community is really positive so you don't hear that much negative words all but still um never heard a negative word everyone always has like amazing things to say myself included and so I think and you're doing cool stuff like this podcast and like you know kind of connecting us all in a different way that's super stimulating and exciting so yeah, thank you for being you. <laughs> that was so nice. Thanks. Um, yeah, like I seriously do appreciate it. And, you know, this podcast would be nothing without the people who are willing yeah. to come and share their stories. So. And that was a genuine compliment. I wasn't just saying that because you <laughs> thanked me. <laughs> I promise. I wouldn't have said it. I said that whole long spiel earlier about <laughs> I don't give not genuine compliments. So you can be validated in that. <laughs> thank you for confirming. That's sweet. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, thanks again. I don't really have an outro on this thing. So no, that's all right. Um, yes. Yes. And yes. And yes. And you'll have another episode coming up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks, Sydney. Thank you, Riley.